With the threat of cyber attacks growing and evolving each day, the Department of Health and Human Services is on a mission to improve its cybersecurity. Heading that mission is Beth Ann Kalorin, who was named to the position of CIO in July after serving at HHS as acting and deputy CIO for about two years. Prior to that, Beth served at the Department of Homeland Security in various leadership positions for 11 years. I'm Marian Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Beth Ann Killeran, who will describe some of the efforts and plans underway to bolster cybersecurity at HHS. So, Beth, you have quite a mission. HHS encompasses many important agencies and offices, including the FDA, CDC, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which administers the Affordable Care Act. What are some of your top cybersecurity-related goals and priorities as new HHS CIO? And will your position last beyond the transition in January to a new administration? And also, is there currently a CISO at HHS? My position is a career position, so I will be here after this transition. I'm, I'm happy to, to be part of this a very large and robust organization that provides such critical services to the American public. We actually have an acting chief information security officer in our organization right now, but we are finalizing the end of that recruitment process and, and hoping to bring the permanent CISO on in the near future. Regarding our plans and goals, uh, this is obviously my most important uh, mission and, and requirement within our organization across the department at this juncture. One of the things I did even before I became the CIO was to, to bring the organizations together, as you talked about, a very diverse set of operating divisions and also our staff divisions, which also have some, some great missions, but tend to be on a smaller scale than some of the bigger ones that you mentioned. We actually started in January to develop the first ever HHS IT strategic plan because I thought it was critical for me not to just specify what we needed to do around cyber um, and other objectives, but have all of the community come together. We actually finished that HHS IT strategic plan in September, and it was actually signed by each of our operating division CIOs. With that, obviously, cybersecurity is one of those goals. The overall objective that we have defined for IT cybersecurity is to aim to beat or at least keep abreast of the challenges around the healthcare sector within IT. We are working to make sure that we're acquiring and deploying a technologies and a workforce to combat those challenges that we see. Within that, we know that our people and the tools that we allow them to use are our biggest asset. We are making sure that we're being reliant and having resiliency within our organization to make sure that we can always deliver our services. We have making sure that we have a competent and effective staff that understand these cyber challenges and have the skills and capabilities in order to mitigate them. We have four specific objectives that we're trying to accomplish in the cyber arena. The first is to make sure that we're identifying and defining the capability and capacities to make sure that we know not only what we need from an IT workforce perspective now on our cyber, but what we're going to need five years from now. Because as we know, the threats are evolving. So, for example, we still have a large phishing issue 
within our agency, but that threat is emerging and we're actually having different threats that are, are coming as well. And so we have to be able to not only meet the challenges of now, but understanding where our threat vectors are changing. Uh, being able to analyze that information and be able to respond accordingly. We're also trying to make sure that we are looking at some of the things that we need to do from a cybersecurity perspective around the tools that we are applying. So we are making sure that from a cyber perspective that we're looking at effective ways to prevent and monitor those emerging threats and vulnerabilities that we discussed. We're also taking a, a risk-based approach. So we know that there are a lot of federal mandates that have been put forward from Congress and from the Office of Management and Budget, but those are kind of standards across the board for all federal agencies. Our threats are specific around the healthcare center and the services that we provide. So we're taking those mandates, but also looking at the totality of our threat, and we're looking at how do we best mitigate our risk. So we're putting a lot of different things in place to make sure that we are prioritizing the things that we're investing in, whether those are uh, systems, tools, or other types of capabilities to best mitigate the risks that we know of, and having some agility to being able to switch and change and some flexibility in those tools to change as the threat changes. We're also trying to make sure that we are providing security of our systems and privacy of the data that's been entrusted to us by the American people and the data of our own employees. So we take privacy very seriously. And so it's not just cyber from that perspective, but what is the data? Who should be looking at that data? Who should have access to our data? And what kind of controls do we have in place to make sure that people that do not have a business need to know of our information, that they do not have access to it? But those that do need it have the capability to do so. The overall goal is right now, we have a lot of investment associated with responding and recovery to the threats that we have versus preventing. And so we're shifting our investment strategies to be more effective on the prevent side of a kind of a life cycle from the respond and recover. So, Beth, you mentioned that there's been attention given to people understanding phishing and how to avoid becoming a victim to that, and that you you also mentioned that the threat vectors are changing. What sorts of changes have you seen this year at HHS in terms of the threat vectors, and how do they compare to what the rest of the healthcare sector is seeing this year in terms of an increase in, for instance, ransomware attacks, other sorts of hacker and cyber attacks? Phishing still is one of our number one threat vectors internally to the department. To combat that, we actually have been doing some very aggressive things. We have actually implemented a number of type of phishing tools that actually simulate an actual phishing expedition to our employees. And if they fall for it, there is secondary training to talk about, well, why you shouldn't have clicked on this, what this could have done to you, and some additional training. We started with ones that seemed very obvious from a phishing perspective and have gotten more sophisticated as people have become better educated, and we're continuing that process. We also have done something called cyber care, which is a very robust education. We have marketing campaigns. We actually have forums, we have questions and answers and different types of things to make sure that people understand both phishing, cell phones and mobile technology and the, the risks around using that, that media that we're so inclined to use these days and also different types of areas. As you mentioned, ransomware has been a growing threat within the healthcare sector, just like other parts of the, the healthcare sector, you know, MedStar and, and some of the others. We have had some 
uh, intermittent ransomware attacks, but because of the way that we have put our structure in place and done some things around the boundaries, uh, we have been able to identify those ransomware attacks very quickly and been able to isolate them to an individual workstation or an individual person and not have a widespread infestation of ransomware. We have also been working to make sure that we are um, working across the health sector community. So within our organization, uh, my organization, we actually have established something called the Healthcare Threat Operations Center, and that provides a mechanism to share threat information uh, not only with ourselves, but we share it among the Department of Veterans Affairs and the Department of Defense around these types of threats within our healthcare sector between the agencies And we're trying to make sure that we're doing the best we can with information sharing of those threats. And we are now partnering with another part of our organization that's responsible for the larger healthcare community at large, partnering with them and with the Department of Homeland Security and the U.S. CERT to expand this on how we would communicate and proactively work with the healthcare sector at large and communicate what we see, what things you should be looking for, how we have resolved them, and so we can be as interconnected as a community as we can. So, Beth, with that said, any advice to entities within the healthcare sector and the private sector? Do you see any sort of patterns of maybe mistakes that are being made? I mean, obviously, the, the best way to combat anything is to understand the threats that are out there, which is why we are trying to be as open and transparent around the threats as we can, and then also to understand that as these actors change, what their defense needs to be to to prevent against them. We are definitely trying to do more things from an offensive perspective, which is kind of understanding based on previous trends what to expect in the future and providing that information out through the U.S. CERT and other parts of HHS so they can communicate these kind of offensive positions out to the healthcare sector overall. We do understand, you know, everybody has different levels of security within their own organizations and different levels of funding. So we're trying to provide solutions or capabilities or at least resources to reach out to that would work for a wide range of organizations and not just for, for example, the, the largest organizations out there because this is the threats across the healthcare sector, not just for the largest organizations being targeted. So now you mentioned some of the efforts underway to build a more so-called cyber-savvy workforce. Any particular types of cyber talent that you're trying to recruit or develop right now within HHS to be part of your cybersecurity team? So we actually last year developed a IT cybersecurity strategy. We worked on three really critical areas around response and recovery and being able to do program management within cybersecurity arena to kind of forensics and analysis to make sure that we are proactively looking at the data that we have from previous incidents to try to articulate or figure out what the future might be. So we actually are working to both define the the capability and the capacity of what we need now and to, to recruit for those areas. One of the things that's most critical for us is to try to find other and multiple avenues to recruit the talent because obviously within the the D.C. metro area, there's a lot of organizations, both public and private, that want to gather the cybersecurity talent to their organization. I think one of the things that for us, we have such a robust and such a critical mission that we hope that that and being able to articulate the importance of our mission will help us to be able to recruit some of this talent 
but we're also trying to make sure that we're directly engaging with universities, making sure that we're looking at other uh, secondary avenues for recruitment, non-traditional, including, you know, the direct hire capability. But we also want to make sure once we get folks here that they are as passionate about the mission as I am and that we are able to retain that personnel. So we're looking at you know, what can we do to challenge them when they're here, moving them to different types of missions, to different kinds of positions, so that they see a path forward. We have established a number of career ladders for our positions. We've been working across the optives to share those types of position descriptions so that as people come in, they can actually see um, a career path for themselves. And we've actually been working to try to expand our education and outreach programs for people that are not IT to either educate them on some of the things they need to know from a cyber perspective and or possibly encouraging folks that maybe even want to change into this profession of how they would do that. So we're trying to a number of different ways, both internally and externally, to educate, to recruit, and make sure that the folks that we're getting are looking for have the competence that we need and are able to keep those skills up as the threats and the changes in the cyber arena uh, evolve over time. So now, Beth, as we know, some federal agencies, including OPM, have been targeted by some large cyber attacks. Nation states, including China and Russia, have also been implicated in some of the large hacker attacks we've been seeing in the government and the private sectors. Anything else that HHS is doing in particular to avoid becoming the next victim of a major cyber attack like that, especially when it comes to like the privileged users who are often targeted, it seems, in some of these attacks? So with that, I mean, to me, the, the goal is to always be proactive. We need to identify and understand based on what we've seen in the past, how can we prevent things from happening in the future. We have a strong relationship with the DHS's U.S. CERT, which is responsible, obviously, for cybersecurity across the the federal sector. They are great at providing information across the organization. Our health incident response center that I mentioned with VA and and DOD help us to understand within the healthcare sector, within the the federal government, what are the, the kind of critical things or potential issues that we're seeing across. We're having a strong engagement across our organization because sometimes threats that we might see in the research sector, for example, that NIH may have may not necessarily be the same types of threats that would be in the insurance or the provider section, what you would see at a CMS. So we also need to understand across where we have themes, and that is where we are putting most of our attention at the enterprise level on how to prevent and put systems in place around that enterprise, but then making sure we're establishing individual roadmaps across our operating divisions for them to specifically talk about how they're mitigating their risk within their specific mission sector, because there there are different threats depending on what role they have and what mission they, they support. And so one size is, does not fit all in the cyber arena. You have to understand your individual risks and make sure that you're putting forth the resources to prevent the attacks and the threats based on what's particularly targeted in your area. Now, Beth, you mentioned CMS and CMS oversees the Affordable Care Act and the next open enrollment period will be beginning soon. 
Anything in particular in reference to the healthcare.gov site that is being done to bolster security? I know there was some concerns by watchdog agencies, for instance, the, the GAO, that recently identified some weaknesses in the enrollment mechanisms that could lead to potential fraud, for instance. How much of a focus is healthcare.gov security right now? Well, obviously, as with any any part of CMS, because of them being a provider, cybersecurity is even more critical for them. As you can imagine, coming into open enrollment, making sure that the system is secure, making sure that the totality of the system is operational and all of the, the individuals as they come into the system, that their data is protected and that their identities are protected, that is obviously the the most important thing to to CMS. I have had a number of interactions with CMS over the last few weeks to make sure that they have done everything that they can to make sure that that has happened. They've done a number of proactive efforts in that arena. One of them is, is throughout the summer, they have been doing penetration testing on their own from the external side to make sure that bad actors cannot get in or threats cannot get get into the system. And they have been making adjustments as they find vulnerabilities and addressing them as quick as they can. They also wanted to make sure that it's not just their organization looking at the system. So they actually have engaged the Department of Homeland Security and having them do additional external testing of the system to make sure that it is secure. And they have addressed any vulnerabilities that DHS has found as well. So they've done a huge effort internally. They have also been engaging their providers, both in the marketplaces, Verizon and some of the others that are hosting the system, to making sure that we are protecting, that the vendors are doing their, their best and the brightest uh, to doing the protecting and making sure that those barriers are there. And then they're doing independent uh, validation uh, by DHS and others to have external testing of the system to make sure that the, the things that they have put in place are in place and that they don't have any other vulnerabilities that they have not discovered. So they have done double, triple, quadruple checks of the system and many different a- avenues and mechanisms from internal to external to vendor to make sure that the system is secure and that the system is ready to begin accepting enrollment. Thanks, Beth. I've been speaking to Beth Ann Killeran, CIO of HHS. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.